Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. We are back at it with another show, another new show, as we have been just continuously cranking out content. Just every week we come at something new, and we have been just working through a plethora of information, and we are continuing to do so every week we have a new um, show I guess is the easiest way to put it and you probably hear my mouse scrolling as I'm trying to uh, get myself prepared for today's episode Um, we are continuing in our series uh, that I've titled least of these and it's really a big series that focuses on books of the Bible that aren't often used or preached from. Uh, We just wrapped up a multi-week portion looking at the Song of Solomon, and now we're going to look at Esther. And I have realized there are a lot of names in here that I am not capable of pronouncing. And so uh, instead of me droning on to to read it, I'm thinking we're going to do the audio ESV, uh, and I'll just record it and put it in place. I don't think we'll go all the way through all of the verses in it. Uh, there's 10 chapters in this book. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of play it by ear and see how it rolls. So we are, again, sticking to the smaller format. So if we do a chapter a day, it's 10 episodes. We do two uh, a day, it's t- five episodes. I don't really know what we're going to get through. Um, we'll just kind of have to see. I'd like to keep it at 30 minutes just because I find those shows have been a little bit better in terms of, uh, people and able to listen to them fully. So after we do Esther, uh, it has been requested that we go through, um, let me actually grab the suggestion because now sadly I don't remember what book he wanted and I believe it is Zachariah. Uh, so we will be looking at Zechariah and uh, 
we will continue uh, our journey through that. And as I've named a few times, the other books uh, that we will be studying, most of it is going to be Old Testament. And uh, we'll have Philemon to wrap this up as our final New Testament book. We might even do Jude uh, since it's a single chapter book, pretty easy to work through. We did do Jude a little bit on the eschatology series, but we didn't get the full thing. So we'll probably do a, a, a synopsis of it and work ourselves through it. Uh, after that, I don't know. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna do a Christmas series, obviously in December. That's gonna mirror the sermon series and preaching in church. Uh, after I think we do the least of these series, I, again, I don't have a timetable on this. It could take us another year to go through all of this, but it's different stuff, which I think is exciting. Um, then I think after we're done with this series, we're going to come back and do what I've been preaching on, and that is uh, your Sunday school Bible stories. And so we'll come back and touch on creation, the fall, and uh, Cain and Abel, Noah's flood, Abraham, the promises to Abraham, and then we'll look at his descendants, and then we'll go to Moses, and we'll look at the Exodus, and then we'll look at the Ten Commandments, and, you know, and we'll work ourselves through some of those big, well-known stories and provide more context and information surrounding it. So it'll be like listening to a study Bible on uh, on caffeine-induced outrages. So we'll continue to plow through that. I think that'll be an interesting series. I can only preach on them for 25 or 30 minutes. So the content on the show might be a little bit longer when we get to that we might go to the 45 minute mark i really haven't decided yet but we'll see how uh that kind of unpacks for us so before we get into esther uh today's topic we're going to look at the introduction and we're going to try to unpack some of the stuff before we actually get to the verses uh and then we'll walk ourselves through uh you know the content that's being presented to us there's some a uh, couple things that we uh, I want to make sure everybody knows about. First of all, uh, if you haven't already seen, we've started to quietly launch uh, a new Instagram page. It's going to surround uh, information for the show and the ministry and everything else that I'm involved in, and that is Extra Nose Ministries. So get on Instagram and find them and follow them. That is where you'll see a lot of the show updates and stuff like that. The Undying Light Instagram page, for whatever reason, I can't recover it, and Instagram won't provide me any means to do so, so it's lost to the oblivion. The Facebook side is present, and I try to update that every once in a while, but uh, just so you know, most of the data has been coming through my Reform Lifestyle page. So uh, past that, if you are interested in all of the stuff going on behind the scenes so I, before i get to this i, I want to kind of highlight where i'm going with this because i did a story asking some questions and i was mainly focused on if i were to do my daily bible verse which i've been doing they've been random that i you know i get you know daily bible verses in my email every day i get a couple of them so i just pick one of those and and then i do a little writing on it uh, instead of making it random, do you want me to go through a particular book in the Bible? And so I presented that and I got, I probably got almost every book of the Bible presented as an option. I got a lot of suggestions. And so, uh, I, 
for those who wanted Romans, I said, hey, go check out my story highlights. I did Romans commentary extensively uh, a little over a year ago. That's in my story highlights. If you are looking, and somebody actually suggested Song of Solomon, which is funny because we just wrapped that on this show, and somebody had said Revelation, and I you know, pointed back to this uh, previous series on eschatology, and, and just so on and so forth. And so what I was thinking in terms of that is you know, trying to drive people to some of the exclusive content that the patrons get, which is the Galatians study and uh, the Bible study, video Bible study that we get through, uh, through the prophet Hosea. That is just exclusive content that will never be published to the world's eyes. So if you're interested in that kind of content uh, and more, I mean, that's just a very basic you know, introduction to it. If you're interested in that and more, by all means, a dollar a month gets you full access to everything. I don't do tiers. I don't do any of that sort. You don't have to pay $5 to get more. $1 gets you everything. If you decide to pay more, then blessings to you. And I thank God for you. And I thank God for my $1 givers. You guys all make this ministry move forward. You are the engine behind it. Also, I am doing an exclusive patron only giveaway and i'm giving away commentary and uh some undying light merchandise so commentary of your choice merchandise of your choice shirt sweatshirt hat whatever you want and that'll be for the winner and i try to do stuff like that every so often to kind of you know spur excitement and engagement amongst my patrons and so uh, i really hope that you know that brings some excitement i'm not going to be doing any more public uh Instagram uh, wide giveaways unless I'm associated with somebody. I just, it's a lot of work and and, and really honestly, most of the time it's just people do them for follows and and I don't care about the follows. If you want to follow me on Instagram, fine. If you don't, then by all means. I've lost plenty of people over the past couple of years because they just don't like the content I present, whatever. I don't, you know, that doesn't phase me. What I'm cultivating within the patron group is a, is a community of like-minded believers. We don't all have the same background. I have Baptists, I have Calvinists, I have Lutherans. They're all in this big pot. We all have conversations and we all pick at each other and we all have a good time. The biggest pieces is we all come together in common ground in the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Theological differences aside, we tend to have great conversations. So um, come join us. By all means, I would love to have you uh, jump in and partake in this as we gain more uh, patrons. We will continue to do more giveaways. Uh, Once we hit 75, it'll be a big milestone. We'll do a bigger commentary giveaway. Uh, when we hit a hundred, then we will. Uh, I will do a Logos Bible Software giveaway, and so I will have some. Um, somebody will win a copy of Logos from me. So that's in the works, and you can only become a part of all that if you join us on Patreon, which is in the show notes, or you can just reach me on social media, Instagram at Reformed underscore Lifestyle, and you can grab the uh, information from my bio or just dm me and i'll help you out 
So let's get into the book because we're 10 minutes of babbling and I really haven't done anything for you. And you've probably already turned me off by now. If not, then congratulations. You've made it. Let's get into the content. Now, Esther, we are working through uh, our next book. And as I had mentioned at the top of the show, it's 10 chapters. Again, I don't, I'm taking my time through this stuff because there's a lot of things that are they're complicated material. And an and Old Testament theology is heavy in the law, and there is a lot of law being presented. And what I mean by that is it's orders. Do these things, and you'll be rewarded. There is gospel themes that we will see presented. Obviously, we've seen it in uh, the Song of Solomon. We will see it in this book. And we will see it going forward in some of the other Old Testament books that we study. But the biggest issue with most of these Old Testament books is the fact that it is rooted in the law because that's all they know. There is no Messiah yet. He's only a promise. So we have the law and the gospel, but the gospel is only a promise of future redemption. Uh, today, when we look into the New Testament, we have the life of Christ and we have the new le- the, the, the letters from the apostles, which give us the promise, the gospel, the hope of Christ being our Savior. They didn't have that during this particular time period uh, in the Old Testament. All they, like I said, all they had was a promised Messiah with, you know, that, that could have come at any time. And every prophet had come and give warning to God's people to turn away. And we, we see that over and over again, and we see that the prophets continuously come and, and say that a, a Messiah is coming, a Savior is coming, one to you know bring salvation to the nation of Israel. And that person we know is Jesus Christ. So when we examine these books, like I said, there's some complexity to them, and there's some challenges to it, and we'll get into some of that here as we go through the introduction. The book Esther never mentions God's name, yet God has clearly orchestrated all of the events in this time period. Uh, Esther is a Jew living among the exiles in Persia, um, becomes queen of the empire around 480 BC. Uh, Haman, a Persian office official, sought to eradicate the Jewish minority, but God had prepared Esther for such a time as this, as we will see in chapter 4 to save his his covenant people. The book was written some decades later to document the origins of the Jewish uh, obser- observation of Param, which celebrates Israel's survival and God's faithfulness. The author obviously is unknown, uh, but some could believe uh, to be Esther's cousin Mordecai, as we will see here, uh, being a key figure in this book. Now, even though this time takes place around 480 BC, again, this is circa 480, be 479, 488. We don't, you know, time period wise, we 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 can say it's right at about 480 because that's when Esther uh, becomes queen of the empire, and it says in about 480. So we don't have a definitive particular date. So the book itself. Written about 400 BC, circa 400 BC, and this is kind of the timetable of where we find ourselves in. 
587 BC, now this is before Christ, so 587 years before Christ, the temple in Jerusalem is destroyed. Then in 516, the second temple is completed, and Hasarius is who's going to uh, marry Esther, uh, marries her in 478, and then in 474, Mordecai uh, issues edict about the Judeans, and then 445, the walls of Jerusalem are restored. So that's kind of a timetable into where you know, what's going on here. So obviously we will see Mordecai Esther's being key people. Um, then this, uh, Hasarius, if I even pronounce that right, I probably didn't. Um, and Vashate and Haman and a couple other people will be our key figures in this book. As I mentioned, I will do my best to pronunciate these names. I have for whatever reason, just a terrible, process between brain and tongue and sometimes the names just don't come out unless i literally repeat them five to six hundred times so please forgive me that is why we are going to be listening to uh esther being read to us by the esv audio bible i am not as eloquent in pronunciation of these words as the other you know these readers are so the purpose of this book is to record the Lord's providential deliverance of the Judeans from destruction by their enemies in the Persian Empire. Uh, as I mentioned, we will see a lot of law, uh, and this is weakness before one's enemies due to disobedience, the Lord thwarts grudges and hatred. As I just said twice now in the show, there is no mention of God in this book. We will never see God actually called upon in this book, but we see him orchestrating all of these events. And so we will see how the nation of Israel is uh, weak before one's enemies due to their disobedience. Uh, The gospel, though, we will see a couple of gospel themes jump out at us here. We'll see the preservation of God's people from whom Jesus would be born. The Lord works continuously for deliverance of his people. And that's going to be the promise that's going to come out of this book is from these survivors, from these descendants, a uh, Messiah will be born. And so we'll have this tie in essentially to the rest of the nation of Israel and the heritage that Israel has. So when reading Esther, this is going to be, I'm going to just take this from the Lutheran Study Bible. This little pair, two paragraphs here. I'm going to read it. It says that she had heard and had seen them before, but now she lived among them and had to adjust to their speech, their manners, and their food. In her heart, she wanted to stay faithful to her heritage, but in appearance, she had to she had pleased a foreign king. She had chosen for him, but not yet by him. Would he have her? Should she desire him? Life of Esther, a Judean whose culture and faith encouraged purity from foreign ways, was faced with a personal dilemma when chosen for the Harlem of the king of Persia. After becoming his queen, Esther faced a national dilemma, a complete destruction of the Judean people from whom she had come. The plot of her story describes the tensions under 
which God's people lived after the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, this is what Luther writes on Esther. He says, the greater part of a nation always belongs to the devil and its idolatrous. Thus, there is no doubt that Mordecai and Esther gained many people, but they were not able to correct the kingdoms in their entirety. Simple garb and adornment is more fitting for a woman than a wagon load of pearls. I do not want to interpret this. First uh, Timothy 2, 9, too scrupulously, the rich clothing is forbidden to women. Here we must make exceptions for weddings. A woman adorns herself in honor for her groom, but goes about in common fashion otherwise. Scripture command, uh, commends the adornment for a spouse, etc. After all, a queen must bed, bedeck herself, as did Esther. If she clothes herself with care and good taste, she is not decorating herself, but acting in accord with the custom of the allegiance to her people with whom she lives. If there were a custom, then it would be a matter of choice for her to adorn herself or not. In allegiance to her groom, in honor for her wedding and husband, she should dress otherwise than one dresses in church, where one ought to wear proper clothing. The church, which is thoroughly sanctified in the, in the cross of Christ, has holiness because she abstains from all that is of the, wor- of the world and the flesh and she has majesty in all riches, goods, houses, costs, etc. But this majesty of the church, which is spiritual, is altogether opposite of what men have known. For it does not do great things according to the world. Indeed, in, in this way, the lowest contempt and squalor are in her. But she builds magnificent spiritual houses, crammed full of costly banquets, very famous for throngs of peoples and nobles, uh, so that the feast of Asherius is nothing is as nothing here, but in the eyes of spiritual and angels. And so this is coming out of Luther's works here, uh, volume eight, if you so choose. Uh, this is again, I have Luther's works in my library, so it's. Uh, beneficial for me at least to pick up and read what uh what he has to say on a lot of stuff considering that i'm a lutheran pastor so we have all of this uh content available at our discretion and and i hopes that i will do it justice enough to um to dig into and to uh present that as being good to your ears so we've got uh, a lot to take on and a short amount of time and uh, let's continue here so as i mentioned uh there's challenges to reading this right And, and it's again Difficult because we've got these types of books. One that really doesn't mention uh, God. Also, we get you know some really obscure writings. You know, like Hosea is a very interesting book to read, and so there are challenges that are presented to the readers. 
Um, one is being, as I mentioned a few times, God's name is never mentioned. It's neither directly mentioned or named, even though numerous references to devotional practices are made. Uh, and these will be in chapters four through nine, fasting and the uh, festival observations. And obviously those would revolve, uh, involve prayer. Some have regarded this as a cause for excluding this book from Scripture. And even Luther raises this question in his uh, volume, 30, volume 33 as he's talking about the bondage of the will. Uh, however, Mordecai clearly alludes to the work of God's hand and what we would call providence in 414. Uh, the theme of God working behind the scenes is often found in Ezra and Nehemiah and must be regarded as a as a quality of the literature Israel produced in this era of exile, enslavement, and persecution. So that's one of the biggest challenges I think most readers uh, would have when coming to this book, that they wouldn't be able to see God being explicitly named or God actually speaking to a particular prophet and giving a prophetic message. This is a book, again, as it kind of highlights, as alludes to what is going on in the time that Israel is exiled and continuously cultivates those themes of devotional practices that would come up. Uh, some other things that might be difficult uh, are the revenge and self-defense. Um, there is a, a note here that we will get to in chapter 8, and this will uh, direct us to that topic a little bit deeper. Uh, some of the other challenges uh, are the additions to Esther. Uh, there are apocalyptical additions, and uh, there's also different texts of Daniel uh, for an illustration of the issue. So we get these, these problems um, in terms of like the Maccabees and things like that, things like that. Uh, this is what Luther writes here. I'm going to read the second book of Maccabees and the preface to parts of Esther and Daniel. Uh, this book is called and is supposed to be the second book of the Maccabees, as the title indicates, yet this cannot be true because it reports several incidents that happened before those reported in the first book and does not proceed any further than Judas Maccabeus, uh, that is chapter seven of the first book. But we include it anyway for the sake of the good story of the seven Maccabean martyrs and their mother and other things as well. It appears, however, that this book has no single author, uh, but was placed together out of many books. It is also presents a naughty uh, problem in the chapter 14 where Razus commits suicide, something which also troubles St. Augustine and other ancient fathers. Such as an example is good for nothing should be praised, even though it may be tolerated and perhaps explained. So also in chapter one, the, uh, this book describes the death of Antichus quite differently than does first Maccabees. However, the whole thing is left and referred to the pious readers to judge and decide. Now, this is what Luther writes on Esther and Daniel. Now, I'll give you a little reason why I read the preface to Maccabees, because he's got, um, I have it in his um, notes here in his in his works. I have prefaces to all the books, including the Apocrypha, uh, in this. And so I wanted to highlight that 
I mean, I, I can go and read the first book of Maccabees and uh, and some of these other um, apocryphic literatures that the early church used or, you know, recognized, but ultimately as the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation took hold, they were excluded from the Protestant Bible. So Roman Catholics still use it, and I believe there might even be a couple uh, Protestant movements that still do. I'm not entirely sure, though. That That's something that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. So uh, here's what he writes on Esther and Daniel. He says, here follow several pieces which we do not wish to translate and include in the prophet Daniel and in the book of Esther. We have uprooted such cornflowers because they do not appear in the Hebrew versions of Daniel and Esther. And yet, to keep them from perishing, we have put them here in a kind of special little spice garden or flower bed, since much of that is good, especially the hymn of praise, the Benedictine, is found in them. But the texts of Susanna and of Baal and Habakkuk and the dragons seem to be like beautiful religious fictions, such as Judith and Tobet. Uh, be the story as it may, it can all be easily interpreted in the terms of state, the home, and or devout company of the faithful. So that, again, is just a, a little preface to the uh, to this letter that luther tackles and again like i said i he's got them for every book in the bible and they're not real long but they help to summarize what's happening rather quickly so again there's going to be challenges that we will we will definitely come across as we get to the kind of you know meat of this book but I think we will see God working behind the scenes to really bring some beauty here. So we've got some blessings. Uh, the book of Esther is a beautiful portrayal of courage in the face of danger and the triumph of good in the face of the powerful sinister forces. Although the name God is never mentioned, the book of Esther implies divine providence throughout. And as you study Esther, remember why God worked through Esther and Mordecai to deliver the people of Judah it is all part of God's plan that the Savior would be born to the people in the land of God, in the land God had designated, and at just the right moment when the fulfillment of time had come, as Paul writes in Galatians four. So, let's get to the outline, and we will conclude our show on that point. Um, so, a number of commentators note the structure uh, of the Book of Esther. Banquets and other episodes in the first half, uh, chapters 1 through 5, coincide with parallel incidences with the second half, chapters 7 through 10, pivoting in chapter 6. While the parallels do not account for all of the material in the book of Esther, they do establish the framework for an outline. This book is clearly divided into two. The first half depicts the threats, uh, the threat to the Judeans. And the second relates to the deliverance of the Judeans. So part one is the threat to the Judeans. And this is going to cover chapters one through five. And in this, uh, we have subnoted here. We have King's Banquets, as we will see in the first nine verses of chapter one. Uh, and then we will have Queen Vashati's refusal. Esther chosen as queen in chapter two. Mordecai discovers a plot in the back half of chapter two 
Haman plots against the Judeans in chapter 3. Esther agrees to help Judeans in chapter 4. Esther prepares a banquet in chapter 5. And Haman plans to hang Mordecai at the end of chapter 5. Now, here's the flip to it. Uh, As I mentioned, this is going to echo and parallel some of these. But we will see the deliverance of the Judeans in chapter 6 through 10. Chapter 6 starts with the king honors Mordecai. And then Esther reveals Haman's plot at the back end of chapter 6. Chapters, uh, and that'll go through chapter 7, verse 6. Chapter 7, verse 7 through uh, verse 10, uh, Haman is hanged. And then we have chapter 8 where Esther saves the Judeans. Chapter 9, the first half, the first 19 verses, the Judeans destroy enemies. And then the Feast of Purim is inaugurated at the back of chapter 9. And then we have the greatness for Mordecai in chapter 10. So that's the outline, again, broken into two parts. We will cover all of this stuff more extensively as we continue on in our series. Uh, But a short introduction episode, 21 minutes or so on the time, uh, with 10 minutes of me babbling. If you've made it through that, then congratulations. Guys, I hope you guys... Looking forward to this series. I it's going to be challenging, but I I am willing to take it on. I'm looking forward to this, and so I hope you as well enjoy listening. If you've missed any of it, please go back and re-listen to the previous episodes because they will provide uh, content and context that is invaluable to the rest of the series. So what we talked about in today's episode will be the foot pieces, the foundational pieces to. The rest of this section of this series as we will focus uh, the next five to ten episodes on the book of Esther. So, guys, until next week, I hope you guys have a great weekend and enjoy the fall weather as God continuously gives us his wonderful blessings, continuously working behind the scenes to bring about his plans, which is to bring the gospel into the world. So share the gospel, love one another. Until next time, God bless. fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.